Grand Island. It is midday here at KRVN on this beautiful Friday. Tyler Cavalli with you. 17th day of December. Glad to be a part of your day. And thanks for choosing the World Voice of Nebraska to be a part of yours. Got a loaded show once again as we always do every Friday. Of course, we'll talk about the upcoming weekend forecasts and our regional ag weather update in about 15 minutes with Paul Perkins. And it sounds like it's going to cool down just a bit coming up tomorrow, but doesn't sound like it's going to snow. So I guess there's a good and a bad, I suppose. But we could use some precipitation. More on that in 15 minutes. Jason is in. If you haven't heard or if you didn't if you didn't want to stay up late last night, Husker Volleyball did advance and on to the national championship against Wisconsin on Saturday. More on that in sports. And Dave Schroeder is filling in today. He'll tell us how stocks are performing so far on this Friday. But let's head out east to our Lincoln office. And Alex Wachowski is joining us. Alex, good morning to you. Why, hello. How's it going? Uh, terrific. Did you find your weaning barn? You know, you posted that on social media after the wins. Oh, man. Yeah, the parents got it flipped over, so that's good. That was just south of Wilcox. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, uh, with the winds blowing that over, it, you did say that they were able, to, there was no calves in there at that time. Correct. No calves in there at the time, but that was part of the fence. So consequently, oh. <laughs> uh, the calves decided to make an escape. Yeah, they uh, they may be in someone else's yard at this point. So yeah, uh, that's how it happens, I guess. You're probably not the only person that had those issues. So. Oh, for sure. Well, what do you have coming up for us on Midday? Well, coming up at 1219, Chad will join Nebraska State Climatologist Al Dutcher for a look at the weekend and into next week for what's going to happen with the weather. Clay at 1245 is going to jump in with Christian Rennert, and he will update some of uh, listeners on the impacts of wildfires to those ranches in north-central Kansas. A lot of devastation there, so uh, prayers to those people out there. And then at 117, it is Friday, which means it's Friday feeders. I'll be joining David Schuler, and he's going to share about some collegiate experiences that helped him become a better rancher and a better beef industry professional. All right, a lot of good stuff coming up. We look forward to it. Thank you, Alex. Have a good weekend. You bet. You too. All right, thank you very much. Let's turn things over to Jason Jorgensen, Husker Volleyball, onto the ship once again. Great comeback last night. Early on, it did not look good. Uh, Pitt came to rumble mm-hmm. in that first set. Mm-hmm. They were playing like their hair was on fire. Uh, but the Huskers turn it around. So they got a chance to slay the dragon tomorrow night, which is Wisconsin, who has beaten Nebraska seven straight times in an all-Big Ten final. I did not realize it was seven. I knew they had the number of the Huskers, but not seven in a row. Yeah, we'll have the match tomorrow night at 6.30 right here on 880 KRV. And also a big commit for Husker football. You know, over the years, there's been some great names in Nebraska mm-hmm. lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Am Hip, Jarvis Redwine, Wonder Mons. Frosty Anderson, and now you can add the coldest Crawford, a four-star yeah. receiver who was committed to LSU, has changed his mind because of Mickey Joseph coming to Lincoln. But uh, yeah, let the pun start. Yeah, the coldest Crawford. Yeah, that, that's a. The Did, coldest heating it up this afternoon that's for right. the Huskers. Yeah, that's right. It's, or the coldest just froze out Wisconsin with that catch. I mean, you can do a lot with that. Greg Sharp's going to have a lot of fun <laughs> no. with that. Yeah, today and tomorrow are not going to be the warmest, though, either. No. So, All right, that's ridiculous stuff. All right, got, uh, Dave, go ahead. He's got a couple of months to come up with a catchphrase. But that he anyway, does. Yeah. Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 1.6%. S&P fell one4 and NASDAQ fell 1.2%. And we should note that uh, also the Sears is planning to sell their Chicago corporate headquarters, which mm. is kind of interesting. I'm Dave Schroeder. We'll have more coming up in our business report. All right. All the great content coming up here on Midday. Of course, we'll podcast Midday as well at KRV.
Hello, this is Governor Pete Ricketts inviting you to join me for my next Governor's Monthly Call-In Show this coming Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time and 1 to 2 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm excited to grow Nebraska, and I look forward to taking your calls and questions. Please tune in and stay involved with your state government with my monthly call-in show from the Nebraska Broadcasters Association and this radio station. The Nebraska Rural Radio Association presents the Governor's Call-In Show Monday at 2 p.m. on 880 KRVN. It's time for Regional Ag Weather Update, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins is joining us in the studio. And, well, Paul's turning out to be a pretty solid Friday. Yeah, very nice out there. Hardly any wind. Uh, temperatures have been on the cool side, but actually not too far from what we usually see this time of year. Really can't complain for a December day here in the late part of de- December. Right, and to top it all off. No wind, or very yes. little wind. <laughs> yeah, you know, you look at some of the smokestacks uh, just to the south of the station here, that smoke's just going straight up. Yeah, well, that's somewhat <laughs> of a good thing. Listen, we'll definitely take it. Now, one thing that in other portions of the uh, or listening area being affected by this, but it is dry out there. Yeah, very dry. Uh, luckily, those winds staying on the light side, so that fire danger not going to be there. Winds will pick up as we head towards tonight into tomorrow. A bit of a system moving to our north, mm-hmm. bringing in a front that will give us some breezy conditions. Kind of the lone highlight of our forecast here, basically over the next seven days, is going to be we could see some wind chills down around zero as we head towards tomorrow morning wow. with some chilly temperatures getting into the teens and a bit of a breeze out there. Okay, so kind of first time we're seeing those kind of temperatures this late this year. Uh, Christmas forecast is looking ahead. I know people are... Trying to plan for that. Yes. They're going to be traveling on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and sounds like it's going to be a pretty solid day for travel. Yeah, right now, not looking at anything uh, glaring as far as any big storm systems on the horizon. So if you're wanting to get to Grandma's house or anywhere you want to go, uh, things looking pretty good here over the next week, uh, mainly uh, quiet conditions. So I guess if you want the dry weather for that, we've got that for you. Okay, well, good news <laughs> there. Otherwise, today, not too bad. This weekend's going to cool off. You betcha. Just for a little bit on that cool down, right now those temperatures mostly in the low to mid 30s we do have some upper 30s to low 40s and far southeast nebraska into eastern kansas and also into southwest nebraska from ogallala down into northwest kansas and northeast colorado temperatures are as warm as 45 right now at colby and also at ray colorado but once again most of us with temperatures right now in the low to mid 30s quite a bit of sunshine across the area just a little bit of fair weather cloud cover across about the eastern third of uh, nebraska and into north central kansas and also some fair amount of cloud coverage you're headed to Missouri and southeast Kansas, but otherwise very quiet across the region. Temperatures today remaining slightly warmer than average with a mix of sun and clouds, mainly light winds turning to the northwest and behind a low pressure trough this afternoon. On the backside of a quick moving area of low pressure and a cold front, northwest winds a bit breezy, gusting up to 30 for tonight into tomorrow. Precipitation from that low staying to our northeast, colder air behind the front, leading to tomorrow being our coolest day of the next seven with highs tomorrow in the 20s and the 30s. So one of those days you may want to stay inside for tomorrow. Milder highs in the 40s returning, though, by Sunday with the building rich of high pressure. The forecast remaining dry through Thursday, despite several weak disturbances tracking through the region. We will see some occasional dips in the temperatures with a few weak cold fronts over the next week. Overall, though, the temperatures through Thursday will remain slightly warmer than average. For the long-term forecast, a very good chance temperatures will remain warm 
warmer than normal from Wednesday all the way through December 30th for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the central and eastern U.S. During late December, our central Nebraska daytime highs usually in the upper 30s, so typical overnight lows in the mid-teens. Overall, the precipitation likely to remain at least slightly below normal for Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through December 30th. It looks like we can expect a typical January. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures for January expected to be seasonal or near normal, along with near normal precipitation. Southwest and south central Kansas next month likely to be a bit drier with below normal precipitation. In the 90-day outlook that includes January, February, and March, the Nebraska temperatures forecast to be mostly near normal, while Kansas will be slightly warmer than normal. January, February, and March precipitation for Nebraska and Kansas expected to be near normal. uh, Nationally and through tomorrow, a snow front across the Mid-South providing the focus for locally heavy rain and thunderstorms in areas affected by last week's historically severe tornadoes. Storm total rains could reach about 1 to 2 inches or more during the weekend and early next week. Similar rain totals should occur in the Gulf Coast and along the southern Atlantic Coast. Little or no rain will fall the next five days from southern California onto the central and southern plains. Producers across the central plains continue to assess the impacts from Wednesday's high winds, which resulted in widespread blowing dust and localized damage to farm infrastructure. In the Corn Belt, mostly quiet weather prevails, although a few snow showers are occurring across the upper Midwest. Rain is returning across southern Missouri. Cooler weather has arrived, but temperatures are not unusual for this time of year. Today's high temperatures ranging from near 10 of the Red River Valley of North Dakota to about 50 or higher along the Ohio River. And keep in mind that winter officially arriving Tuesday morning at 9.59. Oh, goody. Looking forward to that. Our favorite time of the year. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, listen, I know some people like it. So, yeah. you know, if you're the looking. change of the season. Yeah, all right. Think that's mainly, huh? If you're looking forward to it, there you go. Tuesday officially at 10 o'clock or 9.59. But uh, just tomorrow sounds like it's going to be one of the coolest days and then back to kind of what we're seeing today. Yeah, uh, not too much of a cool down. You know, some 20s in some areas for tomorrow. So it may feel a bit on the chilly side with those winds. and But at least we're going to have some sunshine and it's going to stay dry over the weekend. So just bundle up if you're going to go out Christmas shopping or cut down that Christmas tree and uh, you'll be fine. Yeah, all in all, nothing too bad for this time of year. We've seen worse. That is for sure. <laughs> we just saw worse a couple of days ago. That's for sure. So, all right, good stuff for a full weekend forecast. Where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you, Paul. It is time for our weekly conversation with Nebraska's ag climatologist, Al Dutcher, here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. Al, what a week that it was. Uh, let's start with just a quick recap. What are the takeaways from the system that moved through on Wednesday? And then uh, take us through uh, the next uh, week or 10 days and include the Christmas holiday for us, Al. You bet. It was a wild situation. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We had a very aggressive moving low-pressure system. Forward speed was ridiculous on this system. Uh, when you calculate from the time it was in southeastern Colorado till the time it got into northeastern Iowa, about 12 hours, my calculation is about a forward speed average of 80 miles per hour, which is unreal for, for a surface-based low moving. But we did have at least eight confirmed tornadoes, two hail reports, and 112 wind reports just in eastern Nebraska alone. Now. There's been further assessments. I believe there's been at least five additional tornadoes added to that in the NWS, at least in Omaha, is doing further assessments. So by the time this is all said and done with, I wouldn't be surprised that we'll be up into that 12 to 15 range in terms of tornadoes. Only consolation I could say is that, thank God, this didn't happen 
during the summer when we had crops and empty bins sitting out there with these high winds or we would have had a similar impact most likely that we've seen with the derecho event in Iowa last year. As we go forward in time, it looks to me they're going to settle into just a fairly tranquil pattern. The only thing we're going to have to worry about is an occasional frontal boundary passage coming in this northwest flow. So the system that moved through us is, is basically pivoting around the upper air low over the Hudson Bay region. And as that pivots around, we get a piece of energy in that trough, and that's what's going to impact us over the next 24 hours as a piece of that energy rotating around that trough slides through the upper plains region so that Dakota's Minnesota. Nebraska sits on the southwest periphery of that, so the coldest of the air is most likely going to funnel in through north central and northeast Nebraska. And then we'll see a quick warm-up as we go into to Sunday. Another piece of energy is going to rotate around that position of that trough over the Hudson Bay region. We should see another glancing blow of that cold air come through as we go into Monday night, Tuesday, that might drop our temperatures in the northeast back down into that low 30s range. It looks like we will still stay consistently in the 40s out west. And really, there's nothing until we get into that Christmas Eve to post-Christmas Day period as a large upper air trough moves into the western United States. Right now, it looks like it's the GFS models pushing that system through our region on the 26th. And we are in basically the warm portion of that storm system. So if we do even see precipitation, it will likely be in the rain, a form of rain. Where we may see some snow is in northwestern Nebraska and the Dakotas. That's where the cold air looks like it's going to come in. Then we'll push into our region as we get into the 26th, 27th. So pay attention to this storm because there's certainly going to be probably changes in the overall track and the speed of it. And based on how strong these systems have been this entire fall into this early winter period, basically anything ejecting out of the western United States has a potential to create a lot of havoc downstream. So if you're traveling, your biggest issues for travel are going to be going toward the west, particularly west of the Continental Divide. In the east, most likely areas are going to be the southeast for heavier precipitation. And then once we get past Christmas through New Year's Day, really the attention turns to the western United States, and the models really are not doing a good job of handling it from a day-to-day basis. So it just tells me that we're going to probably see another low ejecting out somewhere into the central United States as we get into that early January period. Nebraska's ag climatologist Al Dutcher here on the Rural Radio Network. Chad Moyer reporting. The Limestone Kid to Gold Chain Cowboy. Parker McCollum has exploded onto the national scene. He's coming back to Nebraska for Red Dirt on the River 8. Saturday, February 19th at the Viero Center Garden. Get tickets now at carneyevents.net. More artists announced soon. Parker McCullough, February 19th, presented by Viero Center Carney, Joe's Concerts, and 93.1 and North Platte. It is time for Midday Sports. Sports Director Jason Jorgensen is joining us. Goodness, what a, what a fantastic match last night for Nebraska Volleyball. You know, it's not how you start. That's how you finish. Yeah. And that's what the Huskers did last night after they were dominated and did not mm-hmm. look very good in the first set. Lost to 25-16, and they came roaring back to knock off Pitt, move into an all-Big Ten national championship match tomorrow night. Senior Lauren Stiverens talks about how the Huskers were able to turn that one around. I think we did a good job of just, we knew what they were going to do. We just weren't 
necessarily executing. It was a lot faster than we thought it was going to be. So we were kind of guessing a little bit earlier and not going when we should have. And so we just calmed down and stuck to our game plan, and that worked out for us. Huskers are making their 10th championship final appearance in program history, first since 2018. Awaiting them is another nemesis in Wisconsin who has beaten the Huskers seven straight times. Tomorrow night's match starts at 6.30. We'll bring it to you here on 880-KRVN. I don't know. I Wisconsin's tough, especially when they got a 6-8 middle. Yeah, and they're young. <laughs> not young, but they're, they got some young t- bigs, if you will, uh, overall. But that was a heck of a match from them, too. I was kind of reading about that. Five sets. That could have gone either way. Yeah, I watched some yeah. of that. Uh, kind of was hoping Louisville would get there. Yeah. You'd have the Danny Busboom, Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, but... Uh, We'll see. Huskers have already knocked off two number one mm-hmm, seeds. Mm-hmm. You got a Hall of Fame coach pushing the right buttons. I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't Defense playing stuff. well. I mean, I, listen, it could go either way. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Husker freshman Lexi Rodriguez Awards Hall continued this morning as the Husker libero was honored as the American Volleyball Coaches Association Freshman of the Year. She's the first libero in AVCA history to earn the honor. She's also just the second player in Husker program history to be named Freshman of the Year. Joining another kid who turned out to be okay, Sarah Pavin, yeah, back no, in 2004. No big name or anything in the world yeah. of volleyball. By the way... You and I, you've done, obviously, sports longer than I have, uh, play-by-play and stuff like that. Is it libero or libro? It depends who you ask. And last night, they were saying libero. So I heard it a third different way last night. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know which one's the right one. Longtime LSU Tigers wide receiver commit DeColdis Crawford has decided to become a Husker. The Shreveport, Louisiana product announced that he'd signed with the Huskers today and will keep his relationship going with new Nebraska wide receivers coach Mickey Joseph. Crawford, who's a four-star recruit, chose the Huskers over Auburn, Florida, and committing back to LSU. He'd been committed to the Tigers since October of 2019, but after Brian Kelly announced was announced as a new coach of LSU and Joseph announced his own return to Lincoln, Crawford was instantly reassessing his options. Hopefully he will end up being a dude. I hope so. Listen, when you have the name Dakotas, you got to be a man. I mean, you got to be a bad man to have that name. So so many possibilities here. I mean, he could be Dakotas Crawford just left the Hawkeyes out in the cold or Dakotas Crawford just iced Northwestern on that 70-yard big catch. Hopefully he lives up to the name. I'm looking for, listen, he's got to make some plays. Sharp is going to do, you know, wonders with that thing. Uh, former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez announced he's transferring to Kansas State. Best of luck to him. Mm-hmm. He could have come back to Lincoln. Uh, why is he ending up in Manhattan? That's where his girlfriend is yeah. at. And they yeah. need a quarterback. Yeah. So well, it all makes sense. Listen, here's what's going to really be a, a big telltale sign of where maybe things are with the Husker program. If he goes and continues to thrive and maybe gets better, and they it leads him to a winning season or a great season. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, and Nebraska gets better, then it's like, okay. Well, then maybe not. It's that could go either way with all of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see him flourishing in Kansas State, and if that happens, they got a great coach. Mm-hmm. They got a great coach. He knows what he's doing. We'll find out today if UNK quarterback T.J. Davis is a winner of the Harlan Hill Trophy. That's the D two equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Davis was named one of eight national finalists. An announcement comes this afternoon at two. We'll be busy around here. Basketball everywhere. Elm Creek Bertrand here on eight eighty KRVN. Gothenburg and Holdridge on Kimmy Country and KUVR. And over on the river, UNK basketball as the Lopers will take on 
Newman. So if you need a hoops fix, say, a place yeah, tonight. Yeah. We don't. Have, we have it all. <laughs> we have it all booked out there for that's for ba- basketball. You bet. That's sports. For more, find it anytime. krvn.com. It is time for Midday News. Our news director, Dave Schroeder, joining us here in the studio. And uh, we have more information about an accident that happened here in Lexington earlier this morning. Yes, just down the street from the KRVN studios, Mm. as a matter of fact. Several people were transported to Lexington Regional Health Center this morning following an accident involving at least two vehicles at Highway 283 and Cattleman's Drive. One vehicle came to rest after striking the nearby Rent-A-Center building. The other vehicle came to rest in the median just north of the intersection. Lexington Volunteer Fire Department and Lexington Police Department were summoned to the scene around 10.49 a.m. The number and extent of any injuries was not immediately available. The Dawson County Sheriff's Office and Nebraska State Patrol were assisting at the scene. A new biography of former U.S. Trade Representative and Secretary of Agriculture Clayton Yider is being released. Rhymes with fighter Clayton Yider, American Statesman is the name of it. The book is by Joseph Weber, who is an Associate Professor of Journalism at UNL. It celebrates the life and career of Yider, who grew up in Eustace. Weber tells RFD-TV that Yider worked with four U.S. presidents and was successful due to his way of dealing with people. Well, a lot of it was his personality. Um, He was a Midwesterner. He was able to get along with people. Um, Frankly, it's the kind of cross-the-aisle collaboration that we don't see today. You know, people are at each other's throats in the in the two parties. That wasn't the case when Yider was was working for Reagan and when he was working for the elder Bush. Weber says Yider was instrumental in the negotiation of the U.S.-Canada Free Trade Agreement and the creation of the World Trade Organization. Rhymes with Fighter has been published by the University of Nebraska Press. A white Christmas is going from reality to more of a dream for chunks of the United States. Analysis of 40 years worth of United States snow measurements shows less of the country now has snow on the ground on Christmas than it did in the 1980s. It's especially noticeable in a large swath in the east-west middle belt of the country. But the data is complex, and some scientists caution against drawing conclusions about trends and the role of global warming. Places such as Iowa and much of the Rockies and eastern Washington have lower chances for a white Christmas. And that's an update of news. I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network. Well, Wednesday's storm not only producing tornadoes and some blustery winds out across much of the Midwest, it also saw some devastating wildfires in north-central Kansas. We're going to get a first-hand look at what has happened down there with Christian Rennert, Rennert Ranch, uh, uh, based in central Nebraska, but good friends, uh, customers, and more all in Nebraska. So he's been down there, seen it firsthand, going back this morning to help those folks that are in need right now. And Christian, I can, if you can, just tell us what you've seen of these fires, Paradise, Natomai, Snow, or some of the small towns that have been impacted. What have you seen in your travels? I went down yesterday, and, you know, from about Phillipsburg south, you could really start smelling the smoke, and the closer you got south of Stockton, uh, you started seeing more smoke in the air, got to Plainville, Kansas, and headed east uh, down Highway 18, and the 
you start seeing some fire damage uh, along the highway uh, between Natoma and Paradise, Kansas. Their road on both sides was completely burnt up. There were semis blown over. There was a semi blown over between Natoma and Paradise that actually burnt down to nothing but the frame and metal. Uh, you know, you could start seeing homesteads that were burnt. You could see hay piles that were completely burnt up along the side of the road where the hay was stacked. Uh, you get to the town of Paradise, and the fire came right up to the town of Paradise. I don't know if any structures were damaged there, but it was right there. Uh, I, I headed south out of Paradise to take a care package down to Bar S Ranch, who lost uh, approximately 200 cows, uh, multiple houses, uh, probably 200 head of cattle. I mean, just you, you turn south there, you went by the Pelton Ranch, there were just bodies of cattle strung along that county road for miles. Uh, there were some that were still alive but suffering badly. Uh, they were burnt up. Their eyes were glazed over, uh, the ones that were still alive. Flesh and skin was burnt, peeling off of them. Their udders were burnt. The calves were dead. I mean, it was the most gruesome, horrible thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I can definitely say that. Just some horrific scenes, and some of the pictures are starting to emerge on social media and things. Uh, just just a terrifying scene to be caught in as well, especially for some of these ranchers that uh, the fire kind of burned all the way around them. Now, in particular, Bar S Ranch, they were heavily impacted. Was this, I mean, you're talking about Phillipsburg down here. This is a pretty wide area that this is covering, and, and a lot of ranchers are seeing these type of impacts. Uh, Christian, I know you're you're trying to help out everybody you can. How are these communities coming together, and what are you seeing in terms of folks helping each other? Uh, it was pretty overwhelming yesterday, uh, the, the amount of calls. Uh, we had, I was stopped at Orchelands there to start buying supplies. Some lady was standing there, overheard what I was doing. She handed me a $50 bill to pass on. Uh, you know, if you know people in the area, people lost their homes, they're, they're going to need everything uh i've got family there south in the tome i spent most of the day there with them we've got some cattle down there with them um their waters were out they have a feed yard there the water the rural waters the powers were out for wells i mean cattle cattle aren't getting water uh they're needing feed everybody's scrambling down there but some of these people are just in a total state of shock because they they don't know what what to really do first uh, cattle are missing. They're they're strung all over the co- the countryside. They're in pain. They're burnt. It's just a very sad, scary situation there. Uh, a lot of people are starting to go to GoFundMe pages or Venmo pages. I know that there's some banks that have set up Plainville livestock auction. They uh, they're going to be a hay drop point where people can drop hay off and they'll help get that hay delivered and, and pointed in the right direction. Uh, I know that uh, the Animal Hospital is the name of the vet clinic in Plainville. They're they're helping relocate cattle and horses and, and other livestock and animals. They're, they're trying to come together to help. There's people just showing up, uh, bringing skid steers to help clean up um, fencing supplies, you know, stuff like that. They're People are just coming down to help as best they can. Uh, Cody Steinkruger and I are heading down uh, with trailers and four-wheelers to go gather cattle and move them to places where uh, there's feed and water. It's a big project. 
And, and with that, this is not something that they're going to clean up overnight, even if folks can't help now, likely uh, be talking with, with these folks that are, are setting up these points of help as well, because three weeks from now, the, the grass isn't going to go back anytime soon. This is going to take a while to recover from. Exactly. Right now, people are just trying to assess the damage, trying to take care of the most pressing, urgent things. Uh, they're, they're, they are putting a lot of livestock down. They're, there are a lot of cattle suffering. These people just need to kind of get a handle on things. But in the next week, two, three weeks, they're going to need hay. They're going to need fencing equipment. They're going to need some labor. They're going to need uh, antibiotics for the livestock that are that are dealing with infections. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. So. Yeah, we're talking with Christian Rennert, Rennert Ranch. He's been down to the area firsthand. Re- Christian, thank you so much for, for giving us these firsthand details and relaying some of the ways, you know, folks, uh, you know, if folks want to reach out where they can reach out, where they can help, I want to give you this opportunity to final closing thoughts or, or any lasting words you want to leave us with in this situation. Gosh, people, they, they just need uh, some moral support. I've seen people I've known all my life that are very tough, rugged individuals. Uh, they're they're pretty lost and shattered at this point. Uh, they're they're not going to ask for help. They're just not that that kind of people. But we just need to show up, send them what we can, and and do the best we can to get them back on the right path. Some of these people it may may completely break them. So it's it's heartbreaking. It's horrific. Uh, they they need. To, as much help as they could possibly get right now. That is Christian Renner with Renner Ranch. He's going down to help folks as well, impacted by Kansas wildfires there and essentially north-central Kansas, as Christian was saying, uh, just in his travels, Phillipsburg South, all the way down to little towns like Natoma, widespread. We're going to keep updating you, and thank you for listening to The World. Technology stocks are awaiting another decline on Wall Street, and every major index is on track for a weekly loss. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. The S&P 500 fell 1.4% in early trading, and the NASDAQ fell 1.2%. Both are on track for their third weekly drop in the last four. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 1.6%. After pushing the S&P 500 to a record high last week, investors have been taking money off the table as the Federal Reserve moves to dial back stimulus and fight inflation. Sears plans to sell the sprawling suburban Chicago corporate headquarters that has been the struggling retailer's home for three decades. Sears' parent company, Transformco, confirmed this week that in early 2022 it plans to market the 273-acre corporate headquarters located in the northwest suburb of Hoffman Estates. Transformco has been downsizing Sears' operations and corporate staff for several years. Sears was once the nation's largest retailer, but it has struggled in recent years, seeking Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in 2018 with billions of dollars in debt. Nebraska's unemployment rate dropped once again to the lowest level on record in November, beating the previous national record it set the prior month. The State Department of Labor reported a seasonally adjusted unemployment rate of 1.8% last month, down from 1.9% in October. No other state has seen its rate drop below 2% since data collection began in 1976. China says it will take all necessary measures to safeguard its institutions and enterprises after the U.S. Senate passed a new law barring imports from the Xinjiang region unless businesses can prove they were produced without forced labor. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob. 
We're back for the latest episode of Friday Feeders, which is brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. We are back with David Schuler of Schuler Red Angus. And David, uh, the last time we had the opportunity to catch up, we learned a little bit more as a whole um, about Schuler Red Angus. But now I want to dive into your experiences. You've had a lot of opportunities that have helped you along the way in becoming a beef producer and a professional in the beef career. Tell me about some of those opportunities. Yeah, I credit a lot of those opportunities to college in itself. University of Nebraska-Lincoln was a a good fit for me. Um, I guess I wasn't well ready for the world out of high school, but the way that college uh, curtained me to be uh, knowing what things I need to go after and having an animal science degree and the classes that I was able to take, whether that was meat science, the end product of what we're trying to produce, all the way to cow-calf. Uh, the classes really helped me along and the labs that went along with that. I thought the university did a good job for that. As well as the clubs there on East Campus, I was able to be in uh, Cuisant Farm Bureau and Nebraska Cattlemen Club, and those allowed me to meet with industry professionals along the way that helped me get my start and still have those connections now, three years into the young adult life of being in the industry. And uh, I must say the Beef Industry Scholars Program, the minor that that's available, was huge too on developing industry relationships and really allowed me to have a primer before I even got started in the beef industry uh, with my family, just having those connections. And that really helped me get along the way. Absolutely. As you reflect on all of those experiences, whether it was a class or a club that you were involved in, what were some of those key takeaways or learning points that you still use on your operation? I know you named a few of them, but dive deeper into that. Yeah, I guess I'll talk specifically about, for one, the feedlot class with Dr. Galen Erickson. That was the most uh, hands-on. What we learned in the classroom definitely carried over to what I do at our feedlot on the ranch. Um, from feeding the cattle, the nutrition those cattle need at a healthy basis, developing a plan of developing pens and a nutritional program and a veterinary program. It seemed like every day in class I was either building on what I already learned back on the farm or was learning about something that I couldn't wait to go put on the feedlot uh, for my own operation. Now, I know I wasn't the only one. And that's just one example of the many classes that were like that, cow-calf, the beef and scholars class. Um, veterinary health, those, those classes really did a good job of finding those, those details that we brought back to our ranch. And, and I think it's really key that we don't lose that part of the program. You know, we're, we're at a scholarly uh, research extension university, but without hands-on trade skills of learning the day-to-day tasks, we're not going to get very far in the industry. So we, as the university continues to do that those, that, those examples need to continue to come forward to the front as the most important, in my, my opinion. Absolutely. Okay, well, before we get to year 2022, we've got to wrap up Christmas. And I understand you always seem to find a way to incorporate beef at your family's table. Tell me more about that. Yeah, since I've been a young kid, we try to have prime rib or rib roast of some sort, uh, roast beef at our holiday table. Being an advocate for beef, there is nothing better. People can try to dress up other things, but the best part about beef, you don't have to dress it up. The the flavor speaks for itself. So look forward to that. That's coming up here in about a week or so, and I will definitely be ready to eat as much of that rib roast as I can on Christmas Day. (laughs) All right, that's David Schuler of Schuler Red Angus joining us for this week's Friday Feeders. David, thanks so much. Hey, anytime. Thank you. This episode of Friday Feeders is brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. On highway use. 
Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Now let's check in on your closing grain markets with John Payne, marketing analyst with Stonex, publisher of the Daily Newsletter this week in grain. John, we come to the close in the grain across the board, but we are just within inches of 595 in the March and May corn contracts. We don't quite get there, though. Uh, what does this t- t- tell us from a technical perspective? Are, are we setting up to be a little more bearish on Monday, or can we still try and shoot at $6? Oh, golly, I'd hate to think this really matters that, uh, you know, we couldn't close above a certain level. I know 92 is kind of a level that some people were talking about, but I'm not a huge technical guy in that fashion myself. I just think there's so much noise out there that, uh, you know, the fact that we rallied up today and, and kissed $6 or nearly did, you know, shows farmers there's going to be sell orders up there. But if the weather doesn't change in Brazil and in Argentina, you're, you're going to be looking at some crop loss, and that's where the pressure could come from on the on the upside. On the counter side of things, I think you, you have to be a little nervous with COVID, and I'm not a, uh, I don't want to be some sort of uh, fear monger, and I'm certainly not telling everybody to run out and get vaccinated or anything like that. My point being is the caseloads we're seeing in UK right now are, are, are skyrocketing, and to the point where you could see quite a few people, say, for example, in the same meatpacking plant, if they employ 100 people and 50% of them get it all at the same time, I don't know how we're going to have to deal with that. And I think that's a, that's a situation on the horizon that, uh, you know, in the short run, grains don't really have to deal with because they've pretty much found a home in somebody's bin at this point. But from the livestock perspective, I'm incredibly nervous going into the end of the week uh, with a you know low holiday vol- volume and folks not around. You could see some, some volatility next week, so don't be shocked. Plenty of things to keep an eye on as well. Are uh, major funds, are they looking to protect anything? Is there quite a bit of play in the uh, options side of the trade right now, given this type of volatility? Well, yes and no. I mean, the vol hasn't really until today picked up. Soybeans saw it early in the morning there. We traded up no, close to $13. And obviously, just like quarantine and sell off. I think vol is a good buy here, regardless, because what I mentioned, I think the next month, month and a half, this could define kind of where, where the world's going to look like when we get through it. And, and again, not to be dramatic, but, uh, you know, we could be talking about a million cases a day in the U.S. And then how do we deal with that? Is this a situation where we just kind of have to swallow our pride and swallow our nerves and, and say, okay, we're just going to have to continue on here. And if you have COVID and you're non-symptomatic, you just come into work. And that's really where my nervousness lies here going into the week. It's not on the grain side. I think global offers are very stout. Weather's on your on your side, and, and so is time. So at this point in time, I think, you know, just getting through the next couple of weeks and, and months uh, from the economy's perspective is what I'm nervous about. That's John Payne, marketing analyst, StoneX. More at StoneX.com. Do remember, train future options of all risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing.